0: That's all right. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the 73rd Psalm. Psalm 73. How old are you going to be, Brother Reyes? 72. I will leave that there. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, now I pray that you would speak, you would use your word, you would guide us into all truth. I pray, Lord, if there are people here that are struggling with their situation, if there are challenges and perspective, if there is a heart that is hurting but hungry for what you can do, I pray. The Lord, through your word, there would be great answer. And we pray this in our Savior's name. Amen. I want to remind you, first of all, of a couple of quotes that I gave you last week. First of all, the most important thing about you, the most important thing about you, is your view of God. Now, now, let that speak volumes. How you see God is going to be reflected in your daily life. How you live, where you, you know, how you respond, even to God's word this morning. It will show. Secondly, you tell me your view of God, And I will tell you your destiny. If somebody is living through this life believing that God is non-existent, or if he does exist, he doesn't care about me, or if he is somebody to be spurned because I had a situation take place in my life here or there, and therefore I am not going to pay attention... I can tell that person and so can you their destiny. But then you take a believer who has trusted Christ. They really have. But there is a situation, a circumstance that takes place. And what happens next is something that will determine their destiny. When it comes to Asaph, his destiny hung in the balance and we'll see again where it was, what took place. So there are people, I've met with them, I've talked with them, I was one of them that was in a situation where they were struggling with a view of God. Some have collapsed under that. Their confidence, like I've I gave the title of the sermon this last week. When confidence collapses, but then there can come a time. And I pray that if there's anybody here that is struggling, this helps them out. There can be that time when confidence returns. When confidence returns. So first of all, let's take a look real quick at what we looked at last week. Look at verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. That was his confidence. I believe, like I said, I believe that Asaph gave his conclusion at the beginning of this psalm. That he believed this with all his heart. But as we see in verse 2, he had a confession to make. He said, but as for me... And you know something? So many Christians, so many believers wind up dealing with a but-as-for-me moment. I did. In fact, it can be where believers can struggle to the point where there are several times where Satan nails them, and they begin to struggle. You know why? He's a master deceiver. And by the way, that deceiver is active in this world today. Don't believe everything that you see online, in the news, observance, you name it. Let the Bible be your guide, not your conscience. Let the Bible be your guide, not your newspaper, not the uh, not, not the the. Um, the things that you read on any kind of news outlet online, don't let that. The Bible is our guide. That is how we interpret this world. He said, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. And then he opens up and he shares with us that which was, I'm sure, to a point, painful To share, because remember, Asaph was head of the music department for King David. And in fact, he went on to uh, serve David's son Solomon as well. So many in the kingdom would have known who Asaph was. And sometimes it's so hard to be transparent to people. That maybe, you know, just it's, it's natural. We wind up get taking people and putting them up on a platform. But the fact of the matter is, we're all flesh and there are things that we wind up dealing with inside. And because of that, sometimes it's hard to hear from some folks. But again, we are all here growing and sometimes We need to be transparent in that growth, saying, hey, folks, I was having a tough time here, but let me tell you how God helped me. You can ask my wife. I struggled 25 years ago. God, why did you put me in this place? I know you called me here, but I wasn't ready for it. I've gone through such things. God, why? Let me tell you something. That's hard to go through to get up in the pulpit with a smile on your face Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you're dying inside. I've been there. You know something? I can look at you right now and with a full heart tell you, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. I can tell you that. God is good. Now let's listen to Asaph. And again, remember this, please. What Asaph goes through is maybe not exactly what you're going through, if you're going through anything right now, or you might go through. But the scenario as far as the response and such is often similar. I can see that from personal experience. He went through a time of confusion. And for the person that desires to trust God, that desires to grow in him, that desires to believe the gospel, but right now the circumstances, the, um, the experience seems to be going the exact opposite. Oh my! It's, it's like, Lord, what is going on? Let me show you. Look at verse 3. For I was, in his case, Like I said, envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. Lord, these people, look at them. They are cursing you to your face, but they're having a good time doing it. In fact, they're making money on it. In fact, they wind up on shows on television, like the Oscars, like the Emmys, like, you know, you name it. They are corrupt. Verse 8. And speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. I'm looking left. I'm looking right, and I'm realizing, you know what? I'm not the only one that's like this. My soul. There are people that are believers in Jesus Christ. They are. They, they desire the Lord. They love the Lord. But they're going, what is going on? Lord, we need true revival. We need true repentance, a turning to Christ. True. Lord, what's taking place? Now, by the way, are people turning to Christ? Yes. We've got these new tracks now. I'm sorry, this last week was not a good one but we're getting them stamped and getting them out on John 3.16. I had to get those after I preached on that. How much does God love you? And it takes them through John 3.16. It's great. But there are those that look around and say, Lord, I read in history about other situations. Why is it not happening here, here, here? Verse 11, and they say, how doth God know? To the wicked person, that's what they're saying. Yeah, God doesn't know. What you've believed in is so fake. And there is their knowledge in the Most High. And here comes the challenge in perspective. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long, (coughs) excuse me, have I been plagued and chastened every morning. Lord, I see your word. I get right with God. I came forward. I confessed my sin. And then I got up and my tire was flat. Car wouldn't start. There's too much month left at the end of the money. Lord, I, I mean, Yeah, I I confess that sin, but I feel like you're bringing it back into my mind again and again and again. Look at verse 15. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. If I start talking like this, there's younger ears that are going to hear and younger eyes that are going to see. Lord, that hurts to think of when I thought of this. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until. Now listen, at that moment, verse 16 and backing up, he hung in the balance. He hung in the balance. His life, his walk with the Lord hung in the balance. I know Christians right now that aren't walking with God like they used to. I know pastors that aren't walking with God like they used to. Because there was a badass for me moment, and when their situation hung in the balance, they chose the wrong way. Asaph was there, but he chose differently. Watch this. There was now a change in perspective until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. There was the time when he came to the Lord and said, Lord, teach me of this. And the Lord opened his eyes. And friend, if if you ask God to open your eyes, he will do it. He will. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding even to the simple. There it is. You don't have to stumble and wonder. God opens it up. God opens it up. Genesis 3, the wicked one walked in and said, he gave in just one short phrase, operandi to Eve he said <laughs> yea hath God said And that's been echoing through the beginning of time. You want the answer? you go to Matthew 4 and you listen to Christ when he was challenged by the wicked one and he said, "It is written. Are you listening? Let me tell you something. if you need an answer? It is written. You ought to know. It is written. And it's in your lap right now. You get into that. Let me tell you something. You'll know that his word is real. You'll know that he's real. You'll know it. You don't have to walk around going, yeah, God said. He said it. He said it. Don't ever forget this. You get into the God place. When he started recognizing this, it was amazing the things that started coming to Asaph. Look at verse 18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. He had mentioned at the beginning of the psalm, you know, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. He goes, oh, You see, Asaph was really from California. You, you, You don't read this in the Hebrew, but this is really what he said. Dude! I thought I had the slippery feet. They've got it. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou castest them down into destruction. How art they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. Now you stop and think about that. There is a window, there is a statement of someone who is going into eternity We can't see it. We're not there. But we will know someday, we will recognize it, that when these people stepped out of their bodies and into eternity, it was terror because they realized what they had done. You know, I I, I admit, growing up, there has been some music, that has always appealed to the flesh. I grew up in Southern California. I've told people before, if there's going to be any rock and roll in heaven, it's going to be the Beach Boys. It just is. But you know, the longer I went along and I'm reading about these guys and their, and their lives, the wages of sin is written all over them. That's, that's no life. That's no life. You're enslaved to trying to put on a facade in front of the world. But the fact of the matter is, in order to do it, you've got to drink, you've got to get on drugs, and you've got to perform. In other words, you're not showing people the reality. No. No. This is what happens with them. I get to thinking about this. There is a place... In Luke 16, and don't turn to it right now, but you can look into it later on, Luke 16:23. there is a place where the Lord pulled back the curtain and helped us see, not in a parable, but in a literal story where there was a, a man by the name of Lazarus who was poor, destitute, a homeless person. But he had to walk with his God. And there was a man that we simply know him as the rich man. And what do we read of the rich man? He went through that veil. And it says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. That is what awaits them. That's the terror. Think about it. Look at verse 20 again. Psalm 73. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved. I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Again, he was Southern California. Man, that was dumb. I mean... I can't believe, Lord, I can't believe I couldn't see it. I had my own view. And now, when confidence returns, I know that some of you might be looking at your watch. Can you do me a favor? Can we let God work this morning and we'll get out when we get out? Please, please. If you need to leave at a certain time, do so. But I'm going to preach this message, not because I'm so stubborn, but this is needed. This is needed. Now when confidence returns, nevertheless, he's looking to his God now, and he says, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. In other words, oh, I love the promises of God. Look what it's showing me. He says, thou hast holden me. By my right hand. Again, verse 23. That's the past tense. Now, I want to go time out real quick. Take a pen and paper out. Take it out to your phone. Don't check your email or anything else while you do that. But if you've got a thing on there that'll take notes, take this down. Do whatever. Write it on whoever's with you. Write it on their arm. I don't care. But this is, this, this is really a blessing. This is really a blessing. If you want to get more out of your Bible reading, this is what you look for as you're reading. What, you're, what we're reading right now is that when you look into God's word, look for these. Now, this is from a man by the name of Dr. Bob Wood. This is what we were taught, and it, again, it's a blessing. Every time you go into your Bible, you read your Bible, first of all, look for an element of direction. I've shared this with some, and so you might have already heard this, but if you haven't, Look for an element of direction. When Jonah turned his back on God, said he's not going to Nineveh, he went down to Joppa. He went down to the shore. He went down into the ship, and he fell asleep. Then he went down into the whale's belly. When the whale puked him up, he went up. To Nineveh. There's more of that. In this particular situation here, in this text, we wind up seeing this. Asaph looked out, he looked in, and then he looked up. That's what took place. Look for elements of a condition. You'll come across something. You'll you'll come across an account. Something the Lord's showing us. And you'll see, for for instance, a person who is blind or he's burdened, he's oppressed, he's hungry. What was it that took place with that person then? What took place? Then there's characteristics, characteristics of people. For instance, David. David was chosen to come before King Saul because he could play a musical instrument. That's a characteristic of David. You'll see characteristics of different people. Do it. See, why did God use them? He was also a man of valor. He was a cunning warrior. And then you see what we have here. Now, I haven't given you all of the elements that you can look for. I wanted to give you those, but right here, You look for elements of time. And what we have is Asaph looking to the past, looking to the present, and then looking to the future. Look at this. We have read, Thou hast holden me by my hand. To hold someone's hand says three things it's a sign of security. Asaph realized even during his trials, he'd never been alone. We ought to see the same thing. Again, God gave us a comforter, one called alongside. John 14, 16, we've got him. Secondly, it's a symbol of guidance. John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. What about Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hey, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He takes us by the hand and guides us. It's a sign of security. It's a symbol of guidance. It's a statement of ownership. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price so that 's the past. Look at the present verse twenty four Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. You and I do not naturally have in have it in us to make godly choices. If you ought to find out what kind of struggles any Christian man has gone through in his life, find out what happened when he goes out and he convinces himself that he needs to buy another car. I'm telling you, or another truck. That's what happened. Now, now where's Brother Granby? There he is. Now, Brother Granby, I'm not talking about you. I praise God for what you have. I just I just keep giving vitamins to my 09 pickup. And one of these days, I'm going to go out there, and it's going to be a one-ton dually, you know, the whole No, but stop and think about this. Stop and think about this. We don't have what it takes. We need godly, heaven-sent, Bible-based, spirit-guided counsel because life is full of of slippery places. Psalm 94, 18. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Praise God for a hand that keeps us from going... (laughs) We don't have to. It's also full of deceiving signs. Matthew 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. It might look wonderful. Guess what? There's somebody else behind it besides the Holy Spirit. There are many spirits in this world friend that's why we are to weigh the spirits we're to test them can somebody please say amen I hope and pray that that resonates because otherwise all all of a sudden we can wind up going down a road it's like man, what's happening here that's not good. That's not good. That kind of spirit keeps you in your right mind. Proverbs 22.20 Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge? That's what we have in this book. Psalm 32.8 I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shouldst go. I will guide thee with mine eye. 2 Corinthians 10.5, what are we to do? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We, We might not think much about this, but let me tell you something. When the stakes are as high as they are, when there can be subtleties, lies and distortions that now permeate a nation and they are getting ready to bring it down and it will come down because it's under judgment. Somebody has to be standing and saying, thus saith the Lord. That's got to be. That's got to be. We need to be right in our minds these days. That might be kind of a silly sometimes thing to say, but we need to be right in our minds because of our enemies. Psalm 5, 8. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. In other words, Lord, help me to know the direction to go. Help me to know the path to ponder. Help me to know. Help me to know what to believe. Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. We need to know how to do this when things are in the middle of being so overwhelming at times. And they can be. We need our right minds because of our weaknesses. Psalm 31.3, For thou art my rock and my fortress, Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. I'm so glad the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Lord help me to guide help me to be guided by thee to be that good man. It also puts you in the right place. Why? Because of what we've already said. Uh, Jeremiah chapter ten I know that the way of man is not in himself, it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Man, excuse me, many can devise plans that better themselves. They think. Lot chose the plains of Sodom because it would make him richer. Next thing you know, oh mercy, what a disaster. Abraham, he just wanted what God wanted, and it guards us from the wrong influence. Blessed is the man truly that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We cannot be taught how to live this life by godless men who have a singular desire to make more money and to rise up on that proverbial whatever, the the ladder of success. Success sometimes means that you don't have that much money, but you have a whole lot of God. And then it brings you to the right destination. It brings you to the Lord. Isaiah 25, 1 O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Years ago, there was in the communist government in China, a man who was commissioned as an author to write a biography of Hudson Taylor. A man who could have had a great ministry in his home country, but instead traveled overseas because of his burden for a populace across the sea. He had a godly life. He has been an influence in my life. But they wanted, in the communist government in China, they wanted a book that would shred this man, show that he was a hypocrite, that he wasn't what people thought he was, and he was not worthy of anybody to read. So... They got this author to write a biography of Hudson Taylor for the purpose of distorting the facts of his life and presenting him in a bad light. The man went on. He, he read, he studied, he did his research, and the more he did, the more he was, he was realizing the reality of this man's life and his godliness and his humility and his righteousness eventually. He couldn't write the book. He just, he struggled, and at the risk of losing his life, one day he laid aside his pen, he renounced his atheism, he trusted Christ as his Savior because of the testimony of a man a hundred years earlier who lived for Jesus Christ. Now look, we're almost, We really, we're almost done. Look at the future now and afterward, verse 24, and afterward receive me to glory. Think about it. Afterward. After what? After all the trials of this earth, he'll take us. After the times that we failed him, he'll take us. After all that time, of difficulty here on earth, getting frustrated when you watch the news, when you hear about what's going on in this world, when you recognize that an entire nation has been guided away from its foundation that had so much, and then churches who had truth, but they've walked away from it. After all that time, Those that truly trusted Christ and were offended by what they saw and and struggled themselves in these things, after all that, will be received. That's why we read in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Folks, that rest is here now. And it will be especially with us then because we won't be dealing with our flesh anymore. Revelation twenty two seventeen. 17. Ah, oh, this is good. You want to hear a good verse. And the spirit of the bride say, come. And let him that hear us say, come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. So where are we going to go? <laughs> Into glory. Not America 2.0 will be in heaven. All the future that this book talks about what is going to take place. Hey, this is us right now. Titus 2, looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. I love that. That he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. To finish, I just want to read this. Psalm 78, would you please go to verse 25? Excuse, not 78, verse 73, forgive me. Psalm 73, look, look at verse 25. Let's kind of sneak into the room. And let's listen to a man and worship. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Do you realize what we just read? He was this close to walking away from it all. But the Lord spared him, brought him to the God place, and he recognized my soul. It's not me that's in the precarious situation. They are. They are. And after recognizing everything that God had done for him, past, Present, future. He came to those words. Who am I? Who, whom have I in heaven but thee? The God of the universe sits on the throne right now, and he's telling us, I prepare a place for you. One day I'm going to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Folks, as they say in the vernacular, we're set. We're set. To God be the glory. Confidence Return.